Welcome to Healthcare by the Numbers, a podcast that uncovers what's driving healthcare transformation. Join us each episode as Caravan Health, now part of Signify Health industry experts, interview the brightest minds inspiring healthcare innovation and discuss the numbers which have shaped their thinking. Hi, everybody. My name is Josh Schley. Welcome to the Healthcare by the Numbers podcast with Caravan Health. We are at the sixth annual Caravan Health Accountable Care Symposium in San Diego. And uh, Caravan Health is now a part of Signify Health. We're really excited about that. Today, we're here to talk a little bit with Executive Vice President at Signify Health, Laurel Dowdy. Laurel, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me, Josh. Absolutely. We're, we're going to uh, talk about a lot of, I think, really interesting things relative to value-based care. You know, Accountable Care Symposium. <laughs> We're focused on a lot of different topics, whether it be how to take on risk contracts, what the next step is in some of the value-based care programs that are out there. But today we're gonna focus in a little bit on what happens after people discharge from the hospital and how Signify Health is really helping to uh, manage those patients and some of the trends that we're starting to see in some of those spaces. So uh, live from San Diego, uh, I think we've all had a great time so far. It's beautiful mm-hmm. outside, but um, let's talk a little bit about what uh, you have really, you and your team have really focused on and that is post-discharge uh, coordination and post-discharge support. So. When you think about what Signify Health is really focused in on and ultimately what's really important as part of a value-based care arrangement in that post-discharge space, what are some of the key moments that you're focused on, you and your team are focused on when it comes to helping coordinate and manage care following that hospital discharge? Now, great question, Josh. And, you know, when you think about the post-acute journey, you know, it begins at a point in time when it's very stressful for a patient. So they've had an acute event and they're now about to have to transition through potentially multiple steps along a process. And so I try to think about what are the three core things I want to make sure happens to that patient specifically, and then being able to roll that up to, you know, ways that we work with our partners. So first, when you're transitioning, you mentioned this, from acute to post-acute, whether that's to an inpatient rehab facility or to a skilled nursing facility, it's absolutely critical that we understand that patient, that we know exactly what their risk factors are, what their status was before they actually uh, had the inpatient event, and what their goals of care are. And so one of the core pieces is making sure those handoffs that happen once you're leaving the hospital are smooth and that they're patient-centric, that they're actually focused on what are the unique characteristics of this patient that I need to be aware of in the skilled nursing facility. And while we do a really good job oftentimes at that first transition, one of the core areas that gets missed oftentimes is most patients will experience a second transition as well. And so that transition into a second side of care, usually the home, So how are we stabilizing that patient in the home, either with home health care or with other services and supports? So one is just, let's make sure we don't have any gaps in those transition processes. I think the second core component too, as you think about the, the patient journey, is ensuring that they're getting to the right types of facilities, that they understand both from a patient standpoint, from a caregiver standpoint, but also from um, the doctor's standpoint, what is the most effective next step for that patient? Uh, we tend to kind of get into just a, a process, right? So you go from acute to a skilled nursing facility to home health, 
but sometimes that may not be the exact right uh, process for that patient. And so making sure that we're supporting our partners with those specific next side of care uh, criteria and helping them with the educational components for that consumer, for that patient, for that caregiver to understand the decisions they're making. I think those are two kind of core foundations. That makes a lot of sense. And, and as you think about, um, you know, I know there's a statistic out there relative to Medicare patients that around 44% of their total spend when they have a health event is related to what happens after discharge. So as you think about some of the biggest areas of impact, you know, you'd mentioned next site of care. Um, I know that length of stay is, is a component of this as well, but what are some of the biggest areas when it comes to spend and quality that you're seeing, uh, you know, as major gaps, both in, you know, the, the large health systems, but also for maybe the standalone hospitals or rural hospitals? Yeah, so probably the most, uh, the biggest risk and the biggest uh, cost element today is if we don't prevent that patient from starting this journey all over again. So the readmission component, if you think about it, on average, a readmission costs, you know, anywhere from $22,000 to $25,000. but the toll on the patient as well, right? So they've, they're starting this journey all over again is critical. So making sure that we're looking at readmissions at all times, you know, making sure that we're doing not only the clinical components that prevent readmission, but as well the social components. And so, you know, in our own experience here at Signify, one of the things we've seen that is absolutely critical is that a patient oftentimes may be surrounded from the healthcare ecosystem and the hospital system with the clinical infrastructure to stabilize. But maybe they don't have access to food or maybe they don't have access to go get their prescriptions or they haven't actually taken the time or had the ability to get their primary care or specialist visit um, scheduled. So it's absolutely critical that we we tie all of these components together, both the clinical and the social, to ensure that we're stabilizing that patient in the home and not seeing that readmission occur. So as you think about some of the different environments that these patients are hitting along their journey, what are some of the tools that you and your team, Signify Health, and and now that we're working with Caravan Health, Uh what are some of the tools that you've seen be most effective in some of these different environments and along these care transitions? Well, the most important is that we need to understand the patient, and that is data. And so, you know, the power of data is really critical. And I love, you know, both Signify and Caravan at their core components. You know, their foundation believe that data is critical uh, for us to actually be able to impact a patient's journey. Um, From the Signify side, from the post-acute perspective, that data needs to have multiple components included in it. So we talked about the risk factors and understanding where the patient is coming from and um, understanding their clinical profile, but also their social profile. So we incorporate data uh, in that helps us understand what a patient may have gaps based on that social profile. Um, In addition, it's important that we understand the healthcare ecosystem from a data standpoint. So what are the quality providers in the area? Maybe there are certain quality providers that do really well with sepsis, but not so well at congestive heart failure. So we want to know those specific data elements so that we're helping the patient along the journey. 
But data alone provided to our providers um, oftentimes creates gaps because they don't know what to do with it. Right. You know, what do, what do I do next now that you've given me this data? And so we surround that with really people and services. So helping them understand what the data is telling us both at the patient level, but also at the aggregate level. And then what are best practices that can produce different outcomes for that patient over time? And so the people services, that kind of consulting model, that advisory model, to me is absolutely critical. And then the third component piece, as you think about um, being able to support our provider partners, is to bring technology. We have to make it easy. This cannot be something that, you know, I have to click lots of buttons or that I have to, you know, go to multiple sites. It has to be part of the workflow. And so what we've invested in and also what Caravan Health has invested in is trying to bring forward those technology tools, those solutions, that uh, information in a way that the provider, uh, it is easy for the provider. They can act on it without having to do a whole lot of work. It's not just about having the data, it's about what you do next with it. That's is what right. you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot Absolutely. of sense. There's a lot of data out there, right? Yes, yes, not all of it good. Yes. <laughs> That's right. No, not all of it actionable. No, so, so it, it, and it's really important as you think about um, how data, technology, services, guidance, and, uh, and the clinical and social care supports play into some of these models moving forward. Obviously, you've been uh, instrumental in helping health systems, hospitals, you know, provider organizations across the country. You and your team have been on the ground helping these mm -hmm. folks in the BPCIA program. Can you tell me a little bit about what that experience has been like and how the interaction with this program in particular has been relative to you know how do we work with our providers how do we employ those tools and technology and services in the right way relative to this episodic based program oh great question and you know i think one of the foundations that um is critical when i think about being successful is each and every one of our partners is at a different place in their evolution from a value-based care standpoint. And so while, you know, I have partners who have been in the program five years and are very sophisticated and do a lot more on their own. I have partners who are just beginning this journey of managing, you know, post-acute spend. And so one of the core component pieces that we always think about is this is a, um, when you start off with a partner is a discovery process. So what are the things that they're doing well, according to the data? Um, what are the things that have opportunities what are the programs they have in place? Because my goal is not to um, kind of override a program that's in place. It's to look at that program and say, how do we optimize it for you? How do we make it more successful? And if appropriate, how do we bring additional services and tools and resources to the table to help that program extend? And so one of the programs that I think uh, is a good example of that is, you know, as you think about the post-acute area, um, we often see our clients will have programs that are for a limited period of time. And in the BPCIA program, being successful actually is 90 days worth right. of time. Yeah. Um, and so while our partners will oftentimes have, you know, um, uh, programs that maybe last seven days, last 30 days, very, very few extend beyond that 30 day window. So whether you're sitting in a BPCIA program that has a 90 day episode 
or you're actually sitting in a total cost of care contract where you're at risk no matter when the readmission happens, it's important to understand the programs that are already in place. Great point. And then supplement that with potentially additional clinical services, potentially uh, social services, uh, understanding the community around that patient and stabilizing that patient in the home. And so, so to me, foundationally, one of the things, you know, from a BPCIA or a total cost of care is we're not trying to force something in that says, this is the model. Yep. We're trying to say, here is the way that we're going to help you be even more successful, leveraging the tools you have, and then supplementing those tools with services, technology, uh, and process flows that we can bring to the table. You know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, as we, as Caravan Health and Signify Health are starting to come together, you know, a lot of Caravan Health uh, clients, partners are thinking about, well, you know, what does this mean for me? And what sort of things, you know, you've mentioned a lot of the things that Signify Health has done to bring to the table in the post-acute, post-discharge care transition space. You know, how do you see some of these interplays between total cost of care, the episodic piece that Signify Health is really focused on? Um, how do you see some of these things playing out over the course of the next year or so? I think it's a perfect marriage, right? Um, so when you think about the, the pathway to being successful in value-based care, uh, there are components that need to be focused on primary care. There are components that need to be focused on acute to post-acute transitions. Uh, and there are components that need to be focused on specialty, right? How do we manage congestive heart failure, diabetes, and those components? Um, so bringing together both organizations and being able to say, we're able to leverage the services, the technology, and the people, and the data yeah. in different ways, it doesn't really matter at that point whether it's an episode or a total cost of care contract or even some other type of contract that we may decide to enter into in the future. What matters is how we're working with that partner to help them be successful, whether you know they're at the stage of their journey in managing primary care, whether they're at the stage in their journey to manage acute to post-acute, um, or whether they're actually at the stage in their value-based care journey to manage the uh, specialty spend. And so to me, it's it's this perfect marriage because now we're not talking about individual component pieces that still need to be consolidated. We're actually talking about a model where we're bringing all of that together and able to support that provider in success on a total uh, value-based uh, arrangement. Yeah, it's, it's that, that sort of comprehensive approach. And I think it's timely considering, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably thinking, you know, ACO reach has just been announced by CMS and now there's this big next step and there's these components of capitation and there may be some specialty care management we got to do and there's the primary care component. So there's, there's a lot going on. So what, what's sort of your perspective on, on the reach ACO component and, and that program and what do you think's next, um, you know, as, as far as meeting uh, people where they're at on their risk journey and how do they really assess kind of where they are and where they want to go? That's a great question. And, you know, so first I applaud, you know, CMS uh, at continuing to push the envelope as you think about uh, value-based care. Um, and REACH is certainly the next step in that journey. There are a lot of things I love about REACH. Um, I love the fact that we're bringing health equity more to the forefront. Uh, you know, I love the fact that it's a total cost of care contract that we're able to actually begin to think about this truly holistically. Um, 
there are challenges with reach and and i think we all know that you know complication you know a lot of these programs are very complicated uh, you just mentioned some of the complications so talking to partners uh, it is not just a check the box it's a pretty in-depth discussion to understand really where are you on your journey? Yeah. What level of risk do you want to take on that journey? That's a critical element because in order to be successful in these total cost of care programs, you know, we're talking savings that are much, much more uh, aggressive than what we have done under, you know, older value-based care types of programs. And so, you know, one of the things I, when I talk to clients uh, and they ask me about reach, it's around where are you at on this journey from a value-based care standpoint what is your primary care foundation what's your specialty foundation what's your pack what's your post-acute foundation are you ready to ramp up those things to really think about being north of six seven eight percent savings rates over time uh, versus where we sit today it seems like there's some really big opportunities and uh, i appreciate you walking us through that and kind of what what's happening in the the post-discharge space specifically but also sort of that thirty thousand foot what's going on at the programmatic level so laurel thank you so much for taking a little bit of time yes. and speaking with us this is the healthcare by the numbers podcast with caravan health now part of signify health live to you from uh, san diego thanks so much for joining us thank you Thank you for joining us today you can find more information and episodes on the show's program page on Healthcare Now Radio. Follow the show's hashtag HCBTNPod. We are Caravan Health, and this has been Healthcare by the Numbers. Until next time, take care.